0: Well, good morning all. It's strange, isn't it? At this time we're all together, but actually we're in different houses in, in different places. And it is interesting at the moment, isn't it? Um, that people are talking about different things, the language people are using. If you look in the newspapers or on the television, people talk about different things. It's almost like life for some people has just stopped. Their normal lives has stopped. They can't live for the moment anymore because they have to think about other things. And one of the things that uh, people have been talking about and writing about a lot is is death. Usually we try and avoid that as a culture. We put it to the side. But actually we are talking a bit more about death. So my title this morning is Victory Over Death. And I am still in the the series on Genesis and we'll come to uh, Joseph's story a little bit later. But it is interesting just thinking about our opinions and the way we deal with death. At the moment, we uh, we do spend a lot of the time trying to avoid talking about death. Um, we don't see, if you like, a, a, a dead body. We, we It goes to a funeral home and it's looked after there. Um, and in a way, death isn't often in our vocabulary. But at the moment, it is becoming a bit more like that. Um, and of course, as Christians, we think we have victory over death, don't we? We believe that because Jesus died and rose again, because he'd given our life to him, that makes us, us different in our approach to sin and also to death. I'm going to start by reading quite a difficult story. Uh, and it's from this book, which is The Emotionally Healthy Church by Peter Scazzero. Um, and it says this under the soul grows larger through suffering. In the fall of 1991, Jerry and Linda Sitzer, along with his mother and their four children, ranging from ages two to eight, were driving in their minivan on a lonely stretch of highway in rural Idaho. Ten minutes into their drive home, Sitzer noticed a car traveling towards them, extremely fast. He slowed down at a curve, but the oncoming car traveling at 85 miles an hour crashed headlong into their minivan. The driver was drunk. In one moment, Sitzer lost three generations, his mother, his wife and their four-year-old daughter. He writes, in one moment, my family, as I had known, cherished and cherished, was obliterated. Sitzer sat on that lonely highway watching them die. Later on, uh, and in terms of him processing this, he wrote a book, and this is what Sitzer writes in his book about loss. He says, Catastrophic loss, defined by definition, precludes recovery. It will transform us or destroy us, but it will never leave us the same. There is no going back to the past. It is not therefore true that we become less through loss unless we allow the loss to make us less, grinding our soul down until there's nothing less left. Loss can also make us more I did not get over my loved ones, rather I absorbed the loss into my life until it became part of who I am. Sorrow took up permanent residence in my soul and it enlarged it. One learns the pain of others suffering by one's own pain, by turning inside oneself, by finding one's soul, however painful. Sorrow is good for the soul, the soul is elastic like a balloon, it can grow larger through suffering the only thing i think i would add to that is it grows larger through suffering with jesus as uh, people in our nation go through suffering how much they need to do that with jesus before i uh, read from genesis i'm just going to pray to start lord jesus we thank you for this sunday morning lord we thank you for the chance to uh, to be together even though if in our own homes and we just pray lord that we look at this passage From Genesis 37, you will talk to us, you will inspire us, you'll speak to us. We pray for just the ministry of your spirit on each one to be encouraged um, and and to be challenged in your name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, so we're in Genesis 37. Um, We're going to start reading from verse 29. You'll remember the story. Joseph has been thrown into a pit and been sold to a group of traders. For 20 shekels of silver. And the next passage really focuses on Jacob. And I want to have a look at Jacob, the father who believes. It's not true, but he believes he's lost his son. Genesis 37, verse 29 to 36. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone and I, where shall I go? And they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in blood. They sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, this we found, please identify whether or not it is your son's robe. And he identified it and said, it is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments It's an interesting passage, isn't it? And as we look at this passage, it's interesting to look at um, Jacob in terms of a mourning father and how he goes through it. And obviously their, their context, um, their community at the time, they understood about grieving perhaps better than we do because they were more used to it. They were used to, to that sadness and that loss. And it's interesting just to look at this passage from the perspective of loss. First of all, though, let's look at verse 31. And in verse 31, we see the blood of the slaughtered goat. The blood of a slaughtered goat that deceives the father into thinking Joseph has died. Now, it's interesting, that idea of a goat, because if you go back one generation, when Jacob was trying to deceive his own father, Isaac, so that he got Esau's birthright, there was a stew made and that stew was made of goat there's a bit of symbolism there that goat stands there for deception Jacob is being deceived by his sons and interesting in verse 32 if we look there there's a depersonalization so uh, the sons don't use the word Joseph the phrase Joseph had died they say your son and it's only Jacob who then takes that on and thinks oh my son Jake, joseph must have died and so there's that depersonalization that distancing that the brothers do of what they've done to the family and to their father and then when we get to verse 33 we see jacob mourning his loss it says they he seized on the robe and assumed that joseph is dead and then in verse 34 he mourns if you have a look at joseph, verse 34 It said, then Jacob tore his garments. He put sackcloth on his loins and mourned his son for many days. He went into a time of mourning. He stopped what he did and he mourned. And then in verse 35, we see that Jacob says, I'm going to go down to Sheol. I don't want anybody with me. I'm going to go down to Sheol. And he refuses comfort and he descends into that dark place, that place of depression, being by himself. being, Being just in a dark, dark place and in that uh, uh, passage as well in verse 35 we see the phrase Jacob wept he allowed himself to weep and to cry okay well how does that speak to us that passage how does that speak to us in 2020 lockdown and first of all I just want to talk about Jesus a bit because Jesus has conquered death and if you look in John 10 verse 28 it says this I give them eternal life And they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. We have confidence as Christians, as those who have given our lives to Jesus. We have confidence that Jesus has us in his hands. And that's forever. That's eternal life. We know that our eternal life started when we became a Christian. And we know that when these physical bodies give up, we will be with him in heaven. We'll be with him forever And that helps us as Christians, helps us to have a confidence about death. We don't need to fear death. We don't need to fear where we're going. It gives us that confidence. Death no longer holds fear for us. Hallelujah. Can I hear you say hallelujah? Well, obviously I didn't hear it, but I'm sure you did that with me. Thank you very much. Uh, Let me just read another verse along uh, this kind of theme. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 55. The sting... Of death is sin, the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are victorious through sin and death because of Jesus Christ, and we can be confident in that. I think my other thoughts on this passage was uh, a time eighteen months ago when I lost my father and I went through that process of grief and loss and it was a really strange time, it wasn't linear, there were times when I would it would suddenly grasp me when I was driving and listening to a song and I would get really upset and it was a, a funny flow of what happened, I didn't really understand it for myself um, and I found that uh, some information by Elizabeth Cuba-Ross, or you may have heard, um, she talks about the process of going towards death, Now, she grew up in a Christian family. She wouldn't call herself a Christian all her life. um, But she was really somebody who started the hospice movement. She gave impetus to it. And she said this, when people are about to die, they go through five stages. They go through denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. And she then noticed that those who lost people uh, were about to lose people. Those grieving actually went through that same process of denial. Anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance. And I think that's a really just a helpful way of us looking how we can minister to those who are suffering loss. And we know that even with our church community here, there are some that have suffered loss at this time who are grieving or have been grieving recently. And it's a hard time for that. But I think that process just helps us to see where people are and to minister into them. Okay, here are five suggestions that I get from this passage and from other places in the gospel. Number one, at a time of loss, press pause. It's not about racing on with life. It's not about finding something to distract the mind. It's about pressing pause. And you'll notice that Jacob did that well. He stopped when he thought his son was dead. He didn't race on with his life but he stopped. Number two, talk about your loss. And you'll notice here, Jacob didn't. He pushed everybody away. He said, no, I'm going I'm to go into a dark place myself. But talking about loss is so important. Encourage those that you know who've gone through this, this sad time to talk about it. Spend time with them. Maybe you can't do that physically, but maybe over the phone and just allow them to talk and talk. Number three, take time to grieve. So it's not just about stopping in the moment. It's about allowing time to grieve, to realise it's a process. And I didn't realise that maybe six months, a year after my dad died, I would still be processing that loss at at very strange times. But allowing time to grieve, not racing on, is so important. And number four, allow others to join you in your grief. Again, we see that... um, Jacob, even though he wept, so he was obviously grieving, he didn't allow other people to join with them. And that really is the power of a, a funeral, isn't it? Or the time in the pub afterwards where you're together grieving. And that is something in some ways that we've lost at this time of lockdown. But we need to allow people to grieve together in whatever way we can do that. And I think uh, take time to grieve with Jesus. Allow Jesus to minister at this time. You know, we can think about things and actually keep Jesus out of it at really difficult times allow yourself to grieve with jesus and even minister to to others in jesus name people are often very happy to pray at that time at a time of loss even though they may have no faith whatsoever and number five is to use the psalms interestingly more than half the psalms are called laments i.e david or the other people writing it are lamenting things they're in a time of sorrow um, so use the Psalms. I can't go into them all. I'm, I'm not going to mention any, but use the Psalms in a time of sorrow. OK, so I'm coming to uh, a conclusion now. Do you know, there is no fear in death for the Christian. We know where we're going and we have to hold on to that. No fear in death at all because we have eternal life. And that allows us, that puts us in a place where we can minister to others at a time, and particularly now, where a number of people are suffering loss, and I think finally I'm just going to read uh, a little poem. This poem is from this book, which is Joy in the Sorrow, by Matt Chandler and friends. And it's a very powerful book of different people who've gone through difficulties with Jesus, um, and he says this right at the end of the book, and it's a poem, an old poem. Many a questioning, many a fear, many a doubt hath its quietening here, moment by moment let down from heaven, time, opportunity, guidance are given, fear not tomorrow, child of the king, trust them with Jesus, do the next thing. Well I hope and pray that you have a blessed week. And I hope uh, that this has helped you uh, this morning. Thank you very much.